Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. What's up? Hi, everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista. Welcome to the show. If you're new, hello. Initiation starts now. Yes. And if you're not... Take off your clothes and get on the scale. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so who was I, I was talking to that, someone lately about that. That's People do that. Or that was like the rumor that they did that in sororities was like weighed you and what stuff. Did you, are you allowed to say what you did for sorority initiation? Because I'm yeah. not a part of a sorority or I haven't been. So this is a good example of me. So we had a sorority night that you have like initiation night and everyone is in there. In the room, you're in the sorority room. And basically the way that they... This is actually like kind of like what they do in cults where they get you to share secrets or they get you to have a shared traumatic experience or a shared thing that you're doing that's bad or that would be perceived as evil or whatever. This wasn't evil. Or shameful. Yes, exactly. So for sororities, the shared thing was sharing your deepest secret together. It was called... I forget what it was called. Dude, how do you... like what. Okay. There's 50 girls in there. And the, so the, they were like, okay, we're going to share our deepest secret, blah, blah, blah. I literally snuck out the door. I was like, I've got to go to the bathroom. And I left and I have no idea what else happened. I That was like, Whoa. no, 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 no. I could not do it even at that consciousness level that I was. A group of people together with false intimacy, creating false intimacy, false yeah. sense of intimacy by sharing... Their deepest secrets. And then it just becomes this like trauma fest where it's like trauma comparison where people are like, oh, they've had it worse than me. I've had it worse than her. And it's just very unnatural. And I was like, I cannot do this. And they also, within fraternities, do really weird stuff for their initiation process. And like, it's kind of odd the way that I think about it now because I'm like, what odd concepts where you're paying to be a part of a secret group society that does these initiatory things. Like secret societies are like at the backbone or not the backbone. They're like at the underground of a lot of American history and culture and they still run today. Yeah. And I'm like, how do these sororities and fraternities that happen at college sort of feed us into the secret society culture that we live in? Anyways, I left, I pieced out, I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I mean, and especially in a group where they're, there is no professional support. So, exactly. That is so, such a freaking good point. So we're going to be sharing our deepest, darkest, traumatic God, that secrets. Is and we're in a basement. What base- is the trauma and, and we're in a basement. We're in a basement yeah, and there's jungle juice in the corner. What's oh happening? Oh my God. What is the trauma-informed care? Dude, thinking about 18-year-olds or 19-year-olds all together in a room, just Oy. completely like opening up those wounds and then like off to the races, like whatever you're doing the next day is actually horrifying to think about now. Like that, that stuff is just so, Mm -mm. I mean, I even, I, I'm even unwell when we're at wellness retreats or events or anything in our space. And we kind of step into that arena of sharing. And I know that there's not the support that people really need. I can't even take it as like a full on adult. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's a little precarious and it makes no sense to me especially in the sorority context. It's like okay. So I know, dude. and I like when I think about my deepest darkest secret, I'm like, "Huh? Dude, you know what I mean? Like I- it it's just a weird thing to to say. It's like, what is your deepest dark-? and it's like, are you talking about something terrible that's happened to me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so be, true. Be or specific. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. It's, yes. 
Yeah, because a little weird. And I mean, for me, that's like my even with close friends, I cannot. I have a hard time when it comes to my turn for something to speak. Like I can speak out of turn and kind of like, but yeah, that is not something that I would ever do. The only one I heard before I left was a girl that only ate wheat thins for a week. (laughs) (laughs) That must hurt you. (laughs) That's not funny at all, whatever. It's, Definitely problematic with eating, and I've had my own eating issues. So, but you just gotta laugh because I'm like, damn, that kind of sounds fun. <laughs> it's just, I mean, bless, yeah, bless her. Yeah, deepest darkest secret. Like, all right, that's exactly. It's like, okay, what's a? And I, actually, if someone said, well, "What is your deepest darkest secret?" I would have no idea what to say because mm-hmm. it's almost like for a lot of people, when you are unconscious or when you're when you haven't done a lot of shadow work, I guess, you don't really know what is and what isn't. Like the more conscious I've become, like when we went to onsite, so Lindsay and I went to this um, uh, group therapy work. It's like group, whatever. Yeah, group Some therapy. Group therapy work. Mm-hmm. I learned that things that had happened in my past were actually trauma and I didn't even know. So it's like, I wouldn't even known that was a deep, dark secret. I was like, oh, I thought that was like normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which I'm also realizing now that I'm like, a lot of stuff I've talked about and laughed and I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. It's like a response to kind of... Not- I was asking my couples therapist though. I was like, what else am I supposed to do? I'm I like, know. It's, she's like, well, that's not funny. And I'm like, I think it's funny. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it's wrong, but I do. Dude, also, guys, just to update you, we live next to a fire department. <laughs> it's, I mean, dude, I'm going to... It's, so ro- it's rolling today. It's rolling. So Lindsay's in Brooklyn today, and I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in our office studio. And I've actually been sleeping in the studio where we record podcasts because it's quieter. Yeah. So we have like... It's soundproof. We have so many more materials and fabrics that absorb sound and it's in the middle of the apartment rather than like where the bedroom is. It is so much better because of how quiet it is and how much darker it gets. And I've been getting really good deep sleep because of it because Justin's actually been sick. And so I had to sleep out of the bedroom and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot what really good quality, Mm -hmm. dark, quiet sleep was because I haven't gotten in so long. Sean didn't understand why I got blackout curtains. He's like, what are you doing? I don't understand like what this means. And I'm like, just wait, sir. Like it is the best. There's something to, and I'm so sensitive. There's a tiny little light that comes from like the air conditioning button on the wall. I go, we need to cover it. Who has a sticker? I'm like, this yep. is disturbing my sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to post it now. <laughs> but it's it's funny because I I actually need a little bit of like a crack of light. I don't like pitch black. Mm. A lot of people like pitch black kind of scares me. I like a, I like a pitch black. Yeah. I know. I was telling someone last night, I was at this dinner for Array, mm-hmm. which is a brand that we work with that I really love. And I was talking about sleeping with you because we were talking about when you sleep with your friends for the first time, you like learn a lot about them. And I'm like, Lindsay is like <laughs> a, a dead person. <laughs> Dracula. She literally sleeps like Dracula. Doesn't move. She lays down, puts her arms over her chest and then just falls asleep. It's so wild. It's so and funny. I'm, mo- I'm moving and grooving all night. Yeah, I do that with, with friends. <laughs> yeah, Crystal will like 
toss 360 eight times mm-hmm. before she settles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love- all night I'm like, oh, I shouldn't sleep on my stomach. I shouldn't sleep on my stomach. And then I'm like, I'll just sleep on my stomach for one minute. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't slept together in a while. And now I miss it. We can do it in the new year. I know. But it is <laughs> nice now, like, I have grown up a little bit. I used to, I'm not kidding you. I've probably slept with someone for most of my life. I'm someone that's always with people. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually now I enjoy sleeping with alone. I'm really grateful. I'm like, oh, I'm finally grown up because I really love sleeping alone. Yeah. Like before, if I was in a hotel room with two queen, be- queen beds and friends, I would always be in bed with them in the queen bed, my sister, my mom, anybody I've ever slept with, a partner. And now I'm like, oh, let's like have our own beds. I know. Every once in a while, it's just nice to spread it all out. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> I mean, and we have a queen. I think you guys got a king at your yeah. place. We need to get a king. Yeah, there's something There's something to it because you can still touch, but you can also not touch at all. I know. Not, I know. Not an inch. Not I used to be such inch. a cuddle bug and now I'm like freaking... We link ankles sometimes. <laughs> That's cute. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to get hot. I don't like to get yes. hot. I don't like... I'll stay up if I hear breath, like really loud breath. You, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. next to my ear. Yeah. So we'll link mm-hmm. ankles. It's intimate. But today's episode is a solo with just me. Beginning of the episode, I thank you all so, so much for all of your love and just well wishes for the engagement. It happened Ooh. recently. So thank you so very much. I just got um, some pictures back from the surprise party. I'll have to, I'll, I'll be posting on the almost 30 feet a couple, but we have some of us where we're like crying, embracing. It's really, oh my really God. sweet. I need approval first. On yeah, those, so let me be sure. <laughs> let me be sure. But it was so beautiful. And seeing you so surprised was just like, a once in a lifetime thing, honestly, it was like, yeah, it was just so special. I could not believe how many people were involved, how many like things had to happen for that mm-hmm. to work, how you had no idea. Like it was just, yeah, it was so special. It was so special. I was like, oh my God, I was so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. It, I've, I've never been surprised like that in my life. And I, it was funny if, maybe like a couple months before that, I just had like an internal dialogue with myself where I'm like, Sean's not like a surprise person. Like he just doesn't, you know, he's just not like that. And I was like, I'm okay with that. You know, like just kind of like talking to myself about it. So it was hilarious that over the last few months, he's been carefully planning this. And I caught up with my sister and she was like, yeah, Sean texted me and Lexi and asked if we could FaceTime and chat. And like my sister Lexi just texted Cameron and like did like the eyes emojis with a ring. They're like, do you think? <laughs> like, oh. So they've been, they've been supporting throughout too, which just felt special. I feel like mm-hmm. since moving back to the East Coast, I've just felt this kind of just different reconnection with my family. Mm-hmm. When I was out in LA for seven years, I unfortunately like just kind of got into the rhythm of like, sounds really savage and I actually feel bad about it, but like out of sight, out of mind sometimes. And I wouldn't be thinking about them as thoughtfully as I do now because we're closer in proximity. And I'm I'm so glad for it because it's just felt good to have, especially my siblings, like Mm -hmm. their support and just different things happening in my life and vice versa. So 
that was really sweet. But yeah, I was incredibly surprised and yeah, have been very mindful to just, and you said this to me privately, but just to like receive it all and you just noted that I was doing a good job, which thank you. You're doing a great job. But it was just like a thing that like, there's that part of all of us that's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, thank you. And like Mm -hmm. deflects and -hmm. just kind of, um, I don't know, just like deflects the attention or deflects the love. And um, it's felt incredibly good to receive it also. Thank you all. But today's episode- you're doing a good job. Thank you. You a couple years ago would be- not doing a good job. I know. I'd be like, no, boo, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, I'm trash anyway. Engage. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Just, it is weird though, because it's, it's like, um, it's like, congratulations. And there is also the wanting to accept, but there's also like the weirdness of like, what's congratulations? You're like, what is that? You know, it's like mm-hmm. a weird congratulations on, it's like, congratulations on your engagement, but it's like, congratulations on, finding the person you're committing yourself to, mm-hmm. which feels like, oh, I can receive that. But when you're yeah. like, congratulations on your wedding, it's like, what? You know, it's so much more. It's like, what? So much it's more. It's taken I know. so long to get here. Or like, you know, it's just the words and phrase don't encapsulate what it actually it is. So it feels weird accepting or receiving something that doesn't feel representative of what's actually happening. Because mm-hmm. you're like, don't you know how much went into this? Let me yes, tell you, honestly. sit down. Years of work. <laughs> this is years of time and work and effort. And um, yeah, it was just, yeah, so beautiful. I can't wait to see. Yeah, it was really fun. We'll share some photos. Um, but today's episode is a solo. I I have been noodling on this solo topic for a bit. And then the engagement happened. And it just kind of aligned because... I feel like, and the the topic is perfectionism and just how it blocks us in so many different ways and you know how perfectionism is kind of what's happening on the surface, but it's so much deeper than that and so much more layered. And it's really pointing to just aspects of whether my past or parts of who I am that I have yet to kind of look at and tend to. And it's especially shown up in relationship. Um, I think being single for quite a long time, living by myself, I didn't really have that constant mirror. And so mm-hmm. when my like perfectionist tendencies, and I think we all have them, they show up in different ways, but when they started to show up and it was affecting another person or it was like confusing another person, instead of like going into shame and being like, ugh, I'm bad. Like perfectionism is bad. It was really just like, wait, what is here? What's actually underneath? And like peeling back that layer of like, so I'm controlling this or I'm over-functioning in this way. What is this really saying? Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just, I'm I'm giving examples and, and just helping hopefully the listener to explore this in a way that's like very loving because it's just a part of you, right? And it's just, Mm -hmm. it has a deeper, a deeper meaning. And yeah, I feel like when I've shown up, especially in my relationships, whether it's with Sean or with you or with my family, where I'm not trying to be what other people want me to be, I'm not trying to be what I think I should be. That is when I've been able to connect the most deeply and authentically with someone. And it feels really good. You know, I never, Mm -hmm. I never thought that was possible. I always thought I had to kind of be a certain way in order to get far, get deep with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like not really 
real intimacy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. So I didn't really know. So I don't know. I have perfectionist tendencies, but it's like with my rebellious side too. So it's like a weird dance mm-hmm. of me being like perfect and having perfectionist tendencies and wanting to burn everything down at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to my therapist this weekend and I said something or she was like, I don't think you'll want to hear what I have to say. I'm like, I love okay. when they say that. Same. And I was like, but it's always annoys me because I'm like, that I know, I know. not bad. I'm literally <laughs> like, I'm like, I want you to actually say something that makes me mad. She's like, okay. And I'm like, she's like, have you ever felt like people, I don't know what the phrase she said was, but she's like, basically you've said like, oh, she's like, how does it make you feel when you say, when I say people are just doing the best they can? And I was like, literally my thing is saying like, but are they? Mm-hmm. And thinking like in my head, like, I don't think everyone's doing the best they can. And she's like, see, that's like it, you know, where you're kind of like, you don't believe, like you have this belief that everyone else needs to be perfect too. Like, because you have that belief on your, in yourself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even realize that I have that within myself where I feel like people sort of need to be perfect or be perceived as perfect too. And that them doing their best and what I perceived to be not their best Mm -hmm. is also something there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my perfectionism shows up in unrealistic goals that, you know, sort of come out of nowhere. And I do this within the business a lot. I do this within my life where I just have these unrealistic goals and expectations for how much money I should be making, how I should be looking, what my relationship should be like, Mm -hmm. you know, how I should be expressed in the world, all of these different things. And, um, Really, this like always the need to be really hard on myself when I feel like I'm not showing up in a specific way in every situation. And I'll do that a lot of times in social situations where if I leave and I'm like, ah, not my best work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, could have been better. Like, could have made people laugh more, could have said something more profound. You know, there's not really a chill zone for me. And there is way more than there used to be of just kind of showing up and just being like, eh, that is it me. is what it is. Um, so I definitely can relate and I'm excited to hear uh, your perspective on this one. Yeah, that's that's such a good example. I feel like holding other people to that perfection is mm-hmm. is something that, yeah, it gets sneaky, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're not necessarily, it, it can be masked in like wanting the best and wanting people to live up to their, your perceived potential that they have. Um, but it's nuanced. Yeah, I, I, that's really, really interesting. Therapy, therapists are so funny, dude. It, Why? I, I don't know. I just find, I find like their one-liners where they're like, you're going to be mad if I say this or mm-hmm. like, or they pause and they don't say anything and they're just like allowing you to feel your feelings and you're like, what? Like, I know exactly, you have something on your mind that you're not saying to me and they're like allowing you to process and you're like, please, please just say something. Did I actually like when it's kind of quiet, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Did I tell you about the object moving in therapy this weekend? Yes. I I don't know if I tell you guys. Yeah. So I was talking, did I say, did I say this yet? You didn't say it on the pod. No. Okay. So I was talking about something that was kind of like a hot button topic that Lindsay knows about. Mm -hmm. And I was expressing that we had been in conversation with Kiki, who's our resident witch at Opulent Witch, about this topic. And I said, you know, we brought up to Kiki the situation and we feel like there's missing information or there's just something, you know, more that needs to be revealed, et cetera. And right when I said that, the pen that was on my therapist's book 
that was behind her on her desk, easily a foot away, rolled mm. off of the book onto the desk, like literally seven inches without her being around it or moving it. And then she's like, oh my God, I just got the biggest chills ever. Whoa. So basically like something swept through the room at that time. I was wow. like, oh, that was interesting. Like, what was that? It wasn't scary at all. It was just kind of go like, whatever, whoever you are, thanks for being here. Mm. But it was fascinating. It was the weird. Yeah. She's like, that was so weird. She's like, I've had another weird thing happen with you before, but I've never had anything like that. I was wow. like, dang, that was very weird. But yeah, it was weird. So an object literally moving out of nowhere. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the keeks. I know, honestly. Kiki. Kiki. It's old Kiki on voice note. And she's like, dang, I just got such mm. chills. I'm like, I know. So crazy. I know. If you're not getting chills all the time, are you even like I know. living? I do this with my... Um, Zoraida, who comes and just helps keep the apartment beautiful every couple of weeks, she uh, and clean. She's amazing. She's super intuitive, and literally, we all we do in conversation. She goes, "Look, chills, chills. Look, chills, chills." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my!" And that's like that's kind of cool how quickly she and I just like understood that that wasn't weird for her to say yes. that. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think I communicate with people in chills. Yeah. It's like, is what you're saying giving me chills? Are you mm-hmm. getting chills? I need to get more chills. I need people to give me more chills. That's perfectionism if I haven't yeah. heard oh it. Yeah, God, dude, literally. <laughs> people are not giving me enough chills. <laughs> Damn, pray for me. I think you're, the perfectionism is also uh, like people pleaser vibes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's like, well, it's, it's there's also, different types. It's like that control that I want over how people perceive me uh-huh. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's layered. But thank you all for listening. We always appreciate it. If this episode or any other episode really just landed with you, send it to a friend, share it on Instagram. I feel like you know sharing that heart-centered content that really speaks to you is what we need more of, whether it's our show or any other brand or person. We need more of that. Um, Follow us on Instagram if you don't already at almost30podcast. I'm at Lindsay Simsick and Krista is at It's Krista. Feel free to DM us. We are in our DMs. Yeah. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of our community. I'm excited. Membership enrollment opens again in January after camp, which is our annual free online event, which is super special almost30.com for everything related to that. And we will see you on the other side. Enjoy this solo with Lindsay. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there. (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic 
Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. Raise your hand if you've ever struggled to find your purpose. I know I have. And after being rejected by 40 companies, having 10 entertainment companies turn me down, three execs and my original podcast producer pull out two weeks before our first episode because they didn't think it would do well, I could have given up. And I'm sure you've had similar moments in your life too, but I promise you, I want you to keep going. Because two years later on this podcast, I've had the honor to sit down with everyone from Will Smith to Oprah, Kobe Bryant to Jennifer Lopez and Ray Dalio and many more. To have life-changing conversations with some of the most incredible hearts and minds on the planet. And guess what? They've all struggled with their purpose too. They've all had setbacks, challenges, rejections and failures. People told them they could never make it, just like they said to us. But do you know what helped me the most in discovering my own purpose? Stories. And on this podcast, you get to hear the raw, real-life stories behind their journeys, the tools they used, the books they read, and the people that made a difference in their lives so that they can make a difference in your life too. Here's a sneak peek of some of our best insights from the show. If you have a difficulty with another human being, there's some point of ignorance and some point of delusion that are keeping you from being able... On both sides. On both sides. And when you recognize that in any difficulty you're having with any human being, you brought poison to the party. Everything that has happened to you can also be a strength builder for you if you allow it. You know, you grow up and you make game-winning shots and it's awesome. You come back the next day and miss a game-winning shot and it's misery. And then the next day comes and you're back playing again and you understand that life has this cyclical nature. You know, what you do on Monday, it's fantastic, but then Tuesday is a bad day. But guess what? There's Wednesday. Versus just understanding that it's really just a journey of evolution every day. The results don't really matter. It's the figuring out 
that matters. I mean, we all know what pay it forward means. It's like you have a blessing and you somehow pay it forward selflessly to somebody else. But I also love the idea of Coach It Forward, which is just simple as picking up the phone and calling somebody and saying, you make my every day better. If you're attached to knowing, you don't have a capacity to learn. If you're curious and you focus in on what you don't know and you're excited about not knowing and learning, then you will learn more. I can't wait for you to listen to On Purpose and I really hope this podcast helps you transform your life. Follow On Purpose with Jay Shetty on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. Hi everybody, it's Linz. Another solo episode. Thanks for being here. I'm super pumped to chat with you. I'm making this one very digestible. It's kind of a, a pocket size, so you can listen to this in under 30 minutes. Um, and it's just a a stream of consciousness really about perfectionism. How I've realized that it is my biggest block to my joy, my success, my connection with myself and other people. And it's something that I believe is calling us deeper into understanding who we really are at our core and really who other people are that um, we are in relationship with. So if you consider yourself a perfectionist, or maybe you don't, but you might be surprised to learn that you have perfectionist tendencies Ha, I'm excited to I'm excited to hit you. I'm excited hit you with the truth today. <laughs> so my intention is to really just share honestly how it shows up for me um, and how I've realized, man, oh man, like why am I upholding these like identities and tendencies and how I can begin to bring in the antidotes for that. So let me just begin by like sharing what I think is a good and accurate definition for me of perfectionism. I actually didn't look up the Webster's dictionary version, but my definition of perfectionism is a need to be what you think other people or society expect of you. I am someone who feels very comfortable when other people are comfortable, when other people like me, when other people, yeah, just feel seen around me. And so oftentimes what that what that does for me is forces me to not say how I'm feeling, not express my desires and needs, and just really not be my full self. And I tend to, you know, shy away from sharing what might not be processed or what what might be messy or a little less palatable. And that's not really giving another person a chance to connect with me on a deep, deep level. Can anyone relate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but let me list some like kind of traits of someone who might be considered a perfectionist. Again, this is not universal across the board, but I'll just kind of throw some out there. You might have all or nothing thinking, you know, really having high, high, high expectations, never satisfied and or only satisfied if you do an excellent job or completely meet the uh, expectations or standards of someone or something or some accolade, um, 
almost perfect is a failure to you. You might be highly critical. Um, you might be really pushed by fear. You might have unrealistic standards. Anybody. <laughs> I feel like I went through that with my relationships, my dating, unrealistic standards. Um, and usually that was a reflection of the hyper critic within me of myself. You might be f- super focused on results rather than on the experience. You might get really low when you do not meet your goals, like really, really low. You have a fear of failure. Perhaps you procrastinate. This is one that really, really stands out to me. Oftentimes when it comes to creating my music or any form of art, I tend to procrastinate because I am too wrapped up in how I am doing it. Am I doing it right? Is it going to be good? Are people going to like it? And I'm really not allowing the process of creating to kind of lead the way. I'm letting my expectation of the end result dictate how I'm going to experience the process. And it's always just so paralyzing. You might be dealing with low self-esteem. I feel like perfectionism is a way to manage people's experience of you. And so if you're able to manage that, then that is a way to kind of balance out the way that you feel about yourself. So these are just a few, not all. And, you know, they come in varying degrees and on a very wide spectrum. But I just want to share how it shows up for me. And this is like just in my everyday life, um, seeking validation. I really tend to do what other people expect of me or expect of other people in order to be validated and be worthy in their eyes. This is I'm speaking of of Lindsay of the past because I feel like I've done so much work around this especially entering into relationship. It's been so important for me to, you know, let go of the expectation that I have that I need to be everything to anyone in any moment and that the expectation that my needs and my desires and my faults and my imperfections have no room here. And it's just false. I've also realized that that need for validation is not going to be met outside of me. It's not going to be met by someone else. First and foremost, it comes from me, deep within me. It comes from... God, source, whatever you believe in, um, there is just this innate validation that you are whole. You as you are whole and you as you are enough. You as you are exactly who you were created to be, no less and no more. And I think it's that faith and understanding and true acceptance that tends to uh, fill that void rather than uh, the perfection uh, and overfunctioning might. Oftentimes, I will overfunction in order to be validated. I will, uh, for example, 
I've definitely been on trips with Sean, like where I'll plan kind of like a weekend getaway and I plan everything. I love planning and I'm making everything as perfect as possible. I'm getting the perfect Airbnb. I'm setting up the perfect dinner plans. I'm um, just making sure that every part of this is, is predictable for me. So I'm in control and is enjoyable for him. And it's this over-functioning that completely severs the connection between me and reality, me and the other person, and just the present moment. Because when you're over-functioning, you're not present. When you're over-functioning, you are not attuned to the nuance of the moment, the feelings, the energy, the frequency of someone else's experience. And so when I'm over-functioning, my partner feels as though, are you even here? Like what's what's happening? Do you understand that just you existing is enough and just you being here is perfect? And you know, anything that we're doing or any environment that we're in, yeah, like it's nice that it's nice, but it's not everything. Like what matters is that we're together. And when I'm over functioning and so focused on it being, you know, what I think the other person needs, I am not connected to the reality of the present moment, which has all the gifts, by the way. It has all the gifts and all of the answers and all of the seeds, you know, of connection. And so it's been really important for me to like snap myself the frick out of it. When I feel myself over-functioning, it's very obvious to me. And so it's been important when I feel that buzz, when I feel the anxiety, when I feel almost like I'm leaving my body. I got to call her back. I call her back. I'm like, girl, let's take a deep breath. What is true? What is true? He loves you no matter what. This doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, if it's imperfect and things are unpredictable, that might be fun. All right, girl, can you be in this moment? (laughs) And so I've been doing that often, you know, just kind of like leading myself out of the, the loop. Another way that perfection shows up for me is through control. Controller. I can be a controller. Okay. Thank you, Drake. I can, I can, and this shows up very sneakily. Okay. I am not someone that people would say universally, oh, yeah, she's controlling. She's a big old boss. She's bossy. Um, No, people would not say that about me, but it comes up sneaky, sneaky. And I think that might be worse because it's not as obvious and it's kind of tricking people. And I think it shows up in my most intimate relationships. And so I just have to be mindful that when I am trying to control, I am seeking to feel more grounded and safe. Um, and so an example, an example of that might be, you know, I moved across the country six months ago and that big move brought on a lot of uh, nervous energy, some fears. Am I doing the right thing? Like in my heart, I knew, but it's just like, damn, a move is so big. Being in a new place, you know, with new people, new environment, it's just all so new. It felt very unrooted at first. And so in order to root myself, I was like, okay, I need to control this environment. I want to get all the furniture that I like. I want to make it look like my space. And I had kind of forgot, not forgotten, but I think in the midst of wanting to control and perfect the situation to feel more grounded, 
I totally like just neglected my partner, you know? And he's like, yo, like it's a we thing now. Like I actually would love to be like a part of the decision for the couch, okay? (laughs) And I really, you know, I laugh, but it's really serious because it's these little moments that we miss when we are so wrapped up. We're so wrapped up in this case in controlling that I really miss the moment of like, oh man, like it actually is really cool that we get to make decisions together and talk about it together and come to a place where either we compromise or agree or maybe learn something about each other. And so we kind of, I kind of had to hit, we both hit our growth edge there where I got a few pieces and he's like, okay, but like, were you going to ask me? Like, and I just was kind of knocked into reality of like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, I am not my fear right now. I am not this need to control. And it's been a practice. I've seen myself kind of unconsciously do it, but how can I bring myself to consciousness? And one way that I've been able to do that within a relationship context is express my needs and be so clear and get to the root of it. So expressing our needs clearly and from the root. And what I mean by that is like, well, I need this couch. Like I really like it. No, no, no. What is the need? What is what is behind this? Well, I just, I moved across the country. I am so glad I did, but I am also feeling a bit just ungrounded and feeling like I want to create a home that is familiar. And what I know I'm forgetting is that, hey, we're doing this together and we make this home together. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just feeling a little out of sorts and disoriented. And, you know, I apologize for kind of taking control and letting that like kind of take over, but it's a real feeling. And just kind of opening up the floor and just really expressing from your heart and from that root of what's really, really going on. It's hard, it's vulnerable, but if you're in a relationship where that feels safe, hey, that is the goal. That's my one thing where I'm like, I need to be in relationships where I feel like I can be myself. I'm allowed to be myself every day, every hour, no matter what. So take inventory, take inventory of your relationships, who you're seeing on the regular, who you're talking to on the regular. Can you fully be yourself? And if you can't, just get curious as to why. You know, it's not that they're bad. It's like, is there something that you're holding back for a certain reason? Is there a feeling of just not feeling safe to open up? How can we get there? So just get curious. Perfection also shows up for me when I really kind of don't want to address a certain something, you know, I, I kind of go into autopilot. I go into autopilot where I start to kind of obsess over something. I obsess over cleaning or I obsess over planning something or, you know, whatever it is really. But it's usually because I'm ignoring something that needs to be dealt with. I'm, a, I'm putting off a hard conversation. I am numbing out a feeling that I prefer not to feel. 
But we all know feeling the feelings moves it through faster, gets us to the core of what's going going on, um, and really just delayers us to reveal us, <laughs> you know, who we truly are at a soul level. And so when that happens, can I have just compassion? <laughs> because there is a little Lindsay inside who is just like, I need attention. And there's an adult Lindsay that's like, not now. We have to make the bed and make the bedroom look perfect. We're going to water the plants. We're going to make sure, you know, it's like it can become obsessive. So we have to have a lot of compassion. We got to sit down with her. Maybe that's through meditation. Maybe that's through breath work. Maybe that is through therapy. But we got to sit with her. Maybe that's through journaling, what she's saying, what's actually coming up. And can we slow down enough? Can we kind of slow our pace, pull back our cadence of doing, doing, doing? And can we be in our bodies, be in this moment, feel what we're feeling and really hear what she's saying? And then it becomes so obvious that the obsessive behavior to kind of create some sort of perfection around us is really just our attempts to feel secure and safe is really just the little us trying to do that. So can we have like that loving detachment? It's like, ah, yeah, I see that. Okay. Ah, Be detached from the little you, but aware, conscious, and ready to listen to the little you but you don't become the little you. You are still lovingly detached, but you listen. And always, anytime you have perfectionist tendencies come up where you go into obsessive compulsive mode, trying to control things or over-functioning, procrastinating, maybe you get down on yourself really hard for failure. You have super unrealistic standards. You're highly critical. Anytime this comes up, it's like, what is here? Because this, this, this is our biggest block. Our biggest block. Perfectionists really, (laughs) I think in essence, achieve less, know themselves less. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my 
flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends. And they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps, and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense. And she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high-potency, fast-acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. I would love, I would love to end with just kind of a visualization, a meditation of sorts, just to kind of bring us into our bodies and bring us to a place of connection with this part of ourself that wants to be critical, that loves to be critical, that wants to or loves to control, that prefers to overfunction. So wherever you are, unless you're in your car or in a moving vehicle of sorts that you are controlling, please close your eyes. And if you can't right now, just pause and come back to this later. Just start by taking a deep breath in the nose. And a big exhale out the mouth, letting out any sound that might be trapped in your body, any feeling, any residue from the day. And give yourself permission to take a few more of those. Just noticing the part of you that is kind of resisting this because it's like, why is there a meditation at the end of a podcast? This is not what I signed up for. So just notice the part of you that resists, that wants to get through this, that wants to stop, that wants to walk away. Can you just be here in your body? And I want you to imagine that you are at the top of a mountain. You have a beautiful bird's eye view of the land around you. The colors and textures look like a painting 
and they are constantly changing as the clouds overhead shift and the sun dances on the land itself. You're able to rotate 360 degrees, look all around you. And it's up here that we're able to see it all. And it's up here that we are unattached, yet have broad and healthy perspective. Take a deep breath in through the nose and a big exhale out the mouth. And it's up here that you are beyond the suffering of needing to be anything other than who you really are. You are beyond it. And it's beyond this suffering that you discover the most extraordinary things, the most extraordinary truths. And from this bird's eye view, imagine you see all of the aspects of you that are trying to be what you're not, that are setting excessively high personal standards and standards for others. These parts of you that want to control. You see this you amongst the natural beauty of nature the nature of who you really are this you that might be running around needing validation from every other person every other thing other than you and God deep breath in big exhale Another deep breath in of compassion because wow, there is an experience that planted this seed that you had to be perfect. You had to be in control. You had to know. You had to overfunction. You had to be who you were not in order to be loved. Another deep breath of compassion and love and forgiveness and grace. Big exhale, let a sound out the mouth, releasing any more tension in the body, releasing any judgment of your process. There's a great freedom up here. Breathe it in. There is infinite possibility in the imperfection and the unknown and the wildness and the multidimensionality that you are willing to express in every moment. There is deep connection waiting for you. Where you are now, stretch your arms out wide like the wings of a bird. 
extend your fingers. Roll your shoulders back and down and reveal your heart space. Primed for the truth. Primed to break patterns that keep you small and dim and underexpressed. Here you are. Deep breath in, taking up more space. Big exhale out the mouth. Letting your arms gently fall, feeling the difference in your essence and your body, feeling the difference in the connection between you and you. bringing forth and forward the awareness, the consciousness around your need to be perfect. Allowing your breath to be what unblocks you. Allowing your breath to be the reminder that it is fluid. That this moment is life-giving and that we cannot miss it because we are needing to know Deep breath in, big exhale. Gently call your name in your mind, in your heart three times. Come back to your body. Come back to this moment. There you are. Thank you all so, so much. I hope this is the start of just a really grace-filled and compassionate reflection on your tendencies to be perfect, to be liked, to be palatable, to know. Because it is in the wild, the imperfect, the random, the spontaneous, the allowance, that we are able to truly connect. I want that for us so badly. Let's go get it. <laughs> I would love to hear from you about how this comes up for you in your life. You can DM me at Lindsay Simsick on Instagram. Thank you for listening as always. I love you and I'll see you next time. That was an amazing solo with Lindsay Simsick. She has another few solos from this year that are really incredible. You can listen to. Um, I also have solos on the podcast as well. So when you're scrolling through Almost 30 after you subscribe and review, you can find those very special personal shares with both Lindsay and I on our solo episodes. Yeah, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more about Almost 30, us and the community at almost30.com. We do have a special event coming up in January. So please sign up for our newsletter when you go to almost30.com to stay in the know about everything. Membership will also be opening up. We're so excited. 2022 has a lot in store for Almost 30 Nation. All right, we will see you on the next episode. Until then... Until then, what's our sign-off, Krista? Be well, take care, love yourself. 
Until then, <laughs> speak your mind. Speak your mind. Be yourself. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Be free your mind. <laughs> the rest will follow. follow. Hey, in the meantime, don't beat yourself up. You're beautiful just the way you are. It's true. <laughs> just do it. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Bye.